Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Today, I have a great guest, uh, my good friend, John Weaver. I know him since a long time, since I started my, my career in multifamily. And uh, I brought him today to talk about his journey, his incredible journey, and, and how he balances his work life in, in his sales job and uh, multifamily investing. So, John, welcome to the show. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. Great. So, John, why don't you share with the audience, how did you, I guess, come to multifamily syndication? And how did you also, you know, kind of establish that and also balance your work life? Yeah, I mean, where where to even start? I think, you know, I found multifamily, like I think a lot of people, you know, working professionals, you know, find multifamily. You know, I was working a job and and I still have a full-time W2 job where I am required to travel 200 plus days out of the year. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking for ways to, you know, potentially build something on the side that, you know, uh, one day if I wanted to step away from the corporate world, I would have the flexibility to do that, still provide for myself and my family, and then also build wealth, right? I think a lot of people get into real estate, they're looking for ways to build their their personal wealth. And so, you know, all those things combined led me down uh, the rabbit hole of, of multifamily and then really found partners to work with. You know, it's extremely important from my perspective to partner up with people and, and play against your strengths. And so th- here we are two and a half years later, 350 plus units later and uh, still going going strong. Awesome. That's great. That's great. I know we started together at the same time as uh, as students of Michael Blanc, right? And you, you did a mentorship program and that kind of helped you in your education process and also create create a path for you forward where you can meet your partners. Is that correct? No doubt. I mean, to me, I really see mentorship as a way to shorten the time horizon on on anything that you want to do in life, right? In this case, we're talking about, you know, how do you start a multifamily syndication business, right? I mean, working with a mentor, there's a lot of great ways where they can help and guide you to, you know, avoid major pitfalls, especially as a newbie investor, right? I mean, you can educate yourself, you can listen to all the podcasts, read all the books, but there's going to be scenarios in real life and real deals that come up that you just you you haven't seen before and really a mentor can be there to help you navigate those types of scenarios. So to me I, you know, I look for mentorship and coaching in all areas of life, especially if it's something new that I've never done before. You know, I I want to take someone else's experience and leverage that as best as I can to, you know, hopefully create more success, you know, for myself and in whatever endeavor that I happen to be working on. Yeah, that's a very wise advice to my to my audience. Always have a mentor in any kind of aspect you're looking for, whether it's um, you know, it's, you know, you want to do let's say do a certain adventure, how to scuba dive, or learn how to drive a car the first time, or um, learning a certain business, or doing some Google SEO. So always have a mentor in these aspects, and they will help you accelerate your your path and your what you want to achieve in your goal and vision. And this is what happened to John. John got a mentor. He understood syndication, how to under underwrite. And he was actively pursuing deals on himself initially. Then how did you meet your partners to create this uh, company? So, yeah, I think I had the tendency when I first started, I wanted to kind of do it on my own. 
and it, it took a little bit of time and, and some guidance from Drew Whitson, who's actually a, a shared mentor. I think he was your mentor as well, Jonathan. So I think we mm-hmm. have that in common. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit of advice to put myself out there in, in networking groups and in other masterminds and come across like-minded people where, again, we can leverage each other's strengths, right? If I'm traveling all the time and I have a very demanding W-2, potentially there's other partners I can find who are good at, you know, uh, financial modeling and underwriting. There's partners who maybe want to focus on marketing, right? So how do you partner and build a team where you can bring your strengths, but also work with other folks who can supplement your weakness and work together in a common goal and vision? And so I really met my my partners through, again, online uh, masterminds and, and networking groups. This was you know, during the COVID height, right? So there wasn't a lot of in-person meetings. Thankfully, mm-hmm. a lot of in-person events and networking, that's all coming back. So I highly recommend that to anyone out there. You need to put yourself out there. This is a relationship business. A lot of people say that, and I have found that to be true for myself. But at that time, everything was virtual, right? So um, I, I approached it from from that standpoint. And again, like I said, here we are two and a half years later and, um, and going strong. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now you joined... Um a team and you guys able to take down deals. And what was your first deal that you guys actually acquired? So our first deal was a property located in Jenks, Oklahoma. This is a submarket of Tulsa. It's Mm -hmm. called Village on the Green. It's a 48 unit deal. Um, You know, when I first started, I'd spent a lot of time out in the market, right? Getting in front of the real, the commercial real estate brokers that oftentimes that's, that's the way we're sourcing deals. So I spent you know, six or eight months spending time in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, meeting property managers, brokers, touring deals. And so this was, you know, sort of a pocket listing of one of the brokers up there. He put it in front of us and, um, you know, we were able to make it pencil. And that was July of 2021. 2021. Okay, great. Um, And and how much you put that, that one at? Do you remember? That one we purchased at 375. Okay, that's a good deal for for forty something units. Okay, and then did you exit that one, or you still have that one? That one's actually performing very nicely for us. We have a great property manager we like up there. Um, we have good occupancy, um, good NOI on the property. You know, right now it's it's an interesting time in the business. You know, we were able to lock in at very low debt at that time, agency debt, non recourse debt, and so right now we don't really have an incentive to sell, and so you know we're able to pay distributions to our investors. Um, you know, on a quarterly basis. So at this point, we're just going to ride it out for the next couple of years and kind of see where the market goes. Okay, great. Yeah, wait till when, when it goes back up to a seller's market, then you can sell it and max out the game. Because right now it's more like a buyer's market. Okay, that's good. As long as cash flowing, you're fine. You're doing very well in that one. Now, where was your second deal that you acquired? Um, so our second deal was a deal in San Antonio called Fair Meadows Place. It's mm-hmm. a uh, smaller deal, 32 units. Uh, this was a pocket listing or off-market deal that one of our other partners had actually reached out to or connected with uh, the seller directly, right? A lot of buyers want to navigate and speak directly with potential owners to source deals. And mm-hmm. so one of our partners is very good at that. And this was something he he developed in his pipeline, consistently followed up with the seller, and, and eventually the seller was willing to hear an offer. And, and that's how we proceeded with that one. Okay. Okay. And what did you learn so so far in this in this experience? Have you learned anything that you can share to the audience that's very valuable in terms of how do you acquired, how do you did the due diligence in this process? Just as a whole, I mean, um, again, like I mentioned before, there's going to be things that you, you read in a book, you can prepare for, but until you actually go through the process, you know, there's going to be new things that come up. So I would say 
going through the due diligence process, it's important to be aware of all the things that are going to come up, surround yourself with the right people, attorneys, uh, mentors, just make sure you're checking all the boxes, right? Because once that due diligence process starts, it's a mm -hmm. ticking clock, right? So you only have a certain amount of time to get through those things. So I would say just make sure you're you're prepared going into it and just be willing to work quickly through, through things that come up uh, and have people around you who can help you navigate any sort of question marks or things that you're unsure of through the process. Um, I think that's, that's what I would say uh, jumped out to me, you know, through the first couple mm -hmm. deals. Now, did you, uh, how was your, I guess, how was the management of this op operation? How was the asset management? There was any lessons, challenges learned in this, in this case? It's funny you should mention that we, uh, <laughs> we just recently transitioned to a, a new property manager. So it's funny, Jonathan and I were talking a little bit before the call, I, you know, from, from my viewpoint in property management, I mean, they can really make or break a deal in multifamily. And so, you know, we were talking about it's someone can sell you a great idea as a property manager, but until you're actually in the deal, operating the deal, you don't really get a true sense in terms of, you know, how the property manager is going to function. Yes. You're going to ask them questions. You're going to interview, you have a general idea, right? But when the rubber hits the road, that's kind of really where you see how, how good or, or not good they're going to be. <laughs> so, you know, on this particular deal in San Antonio, it, it was a tough size deal, 32 units. It's, it doesn't warrant having an on-site manager. So it's very, uh, it can be a challenge to get a third party manager to pay attention to that type of property, right? Especially if they're used to larger type deals. So, I mean, I guess some of the takeaways we gained from that deal is, finding that type of manager who specializes in maybe that size of deal that's, you know, their bread and butter, right? Something that's a little bit smaller. Cause again, that really did not serve as well as a group did not serve the property and impacted operations over time. Right. And so it's up to, to us as the owner to manage the manager. And uh, we just could never get there with that manager. So we recently transitioned, we have a positive trending T2, which is great. Um, and so it's just a matter of continuing down that business plan. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. See, the the lesson is you have to identify because you really don't. It's a kind of trial and error. Sometimes you don't really know how good a manager company is until you actually put them in the put them into the seat and they run the car because they can sell you different things. Say, oh, we're the best in sliced bread. You know, this is the best with the best service. And then when you find out that they 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 lack, they don't they don't come and check on the units or they don't service the the work orders quickly enough. You get angry tenants and they'll leave you because because you're not because it's it's falling apart, right? The, the the whole system is falling apart. No one's being neglected and then they feel angry so they, they feel structured they, they may leave find somewhere else but has better service better apartment building so the lesson is yeah quickly identify that and actually go there more often physically i think to just check up and watch them carefully and say are you actually doing this are you doing this and you look at yourself do surprise visits and then if you see that they're not they're not doing a good job then you need to effectively you know you have to find another different property manager to effectively you know change the management round which is what john did in this situation so yes, and now he's he's trending upward, which is actually that's a good sign that the new property manager is actually working. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I like how you called out surprise visits, Jonathan. We we definitely make it a point to visit our properties, you know, no less than twice a year, if not more frequently. And I think there's some power into that showing up unannounced on a property just to get a true sense of what's going on on a day to day basis mm -hmm. in your property, right? Especially if you're raising money from others. I mean, you have a, a big responsibility to protect your investor's capital, right? And part of that is managing this manager who's managing your asset. So uh, I, I, we're big fans of the surprise visit. Yeah, 
I think it's and also you know in in my and how she does with my audience. I think if you put this philosophy in multifamily any business you do, you will win. You want to put the residents first, take care of them, take care of the needs, and the ripple effect will go down because they see you as a good owner, a good landlord who has a heart. And if you care about them and you do, you know, even like even like certain events, you do special events for that, have a local church come by or something, you do not-for-profit stuff, they will see that and they will actually refer more people when you actually get better reviews. And it creates a harmonious feeling that you get, you get, a, you get more people want to come in into living your community. So this is very important. You want your people first and you want to be able to, you know, have a you know, fair rent, obviously, and take care of workers very quickly so that you address the three major concerns. Am I being taken care of fairly quickly? Is my rent decently fair? And the question is, does the owner really care? Is, he, is, he, is there a sense of community? And if you have that recipe, you're going to win no matter what at the end of the day. And that's what I found out in my, in my own syndication that I've done. I worked so hard in those OKC syndications. It was really tough because we had storms. We had all these things going on. Okay, great. So it's good. Now, now this is your second deal. Now, have you, have you any deals? You still have all holding all those deals. So this one in San Antonio that we're, we're working to kind of turn around somewhat, this will be our first cycle deal. So we are getting ready to kind of list it in sort of a, a select buyer pool that we've already kind of been speaking with. So uh, we're very excited again to go full cycle, get our investor their returns and uh, you know move on to the next one. Okay, good. So you ready to get first cycle. Okay. So in this market is a little bit now, seller's market is a little bit challenging. So let's see how hopefully you can do well in this one. Because it's, it's, you know, it's, like, it's like it's not easy because of that increase, the rate increase and everything else. So the leverage is very low than, than back then. So that's a little more challenging. But I hope you have a select buyer group. Maybe you, you, already, you, know, you have a better position, you know. Okay. Yeah, so no, we that, got we got some good we got some good things in the works for sure. And I think, like you mentioned, it's a good point. As we're recording this podcast, it's uh we look at a lot of deals, and uh, I'm on the acquisition side, and it still seems like owners have not met the market truly, right? I mean, you're starting mm -hmm. to see a little bit more transact, but the last six months have been really slow, and it seems like most deals are are way overpriced, right? So I'm not sure if you're seeing that yourself, Jonathan, but we're, we're definitely seeing that on our side. Well, yeah, I spoke to the broker recently here in a meetup in Dallas. He's saying that there's very little transaction happened for us, you know, past six months and that the sales was on the price. So, you know, it's so we'll see. It's, it's a wait and see how it happens and see who I think you look at more distressed sales now than the regular sales. If it's done well, like you, you won't, you won't sell as an owner, but only your distress, you have a bridge loan that's, that has no rate cap. It's eight percent, it's a three to eight percent. Well, then you're in trouble. Then you need to you need to sell, right? So only in distressed sales where I see the opportunities. I don't see uh, other opportunities that, that if you're performing well, you're not going to sell. Okay. Okay, great. And uh, so what 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 any advice would you share with our audience that you think that is a, is a good advice, best advice you give? I mean, that's, yeah, where do I start? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I can just speak from my personal experience. Um, getting if, if you're interested in, you know, multifamily syndication, I have found for myself working with the team uh, has really accelerated, you know, my growth as an individual, right? It challenges you to be accountable. It challenges you to learn. You know, I didn't have any real estate experience previously as an owner from an investment standpoint. So I was basically starting at ground zero. So, you know, being open to mentorship, coaching, these these are things that can really, you know, reduce that timeline of, of whatever the goal is that you're working towards. So for my in my example with multifamily uh, syndicating, um, you know, having a mentor, working with partners who complemented my strengths, you know, I really feel like that's accelerated me much further beyond where I would have been just on my own, you know, trying to do everything by myself, right? Especially mm -hmm. as a as a busy working professional, right? I mean, time management, family, 
These are all things you need to take into account when starting any kind of business. And so being able to effectively navigate that, uh, still make sure you're doing the consistent daily action. Um, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. I mean, all mm-hmm. those things combined, I think, is is the recipe for success. And again, mentorship, coaching, and finding good partners in all areas of your life, but especially in business. I mean, those have have catapulted me from from mm-hmm. where I started. Right. And how do you, I guess, how do you do your time management? How do you balance your busy sales job and you know while old capital as a partner trying to act do acquisitions and your spend time with your family how do you segregate that how do you view that my my wife sometimes thinks, thinks i'm a little neurotic with the calendar but for me if it's not in the calendar it doesn't exist but mm-hmm. i will i will create time blocks you know personal time blocks to be with my family right so i know on this day every month that is the time window my wife and i will sit down we'll talk about the previous month you know, what's going well, what are we looking to do in the future as an example, right? And so when it comes to the real estate business, you know, uh, you're fielding calls a lot of times, but I, I will essentially create time blocks uh, each day uh, throughout my busy W-2 schedule where I'm reaching out to brokers, I'm responding to emails, and I have that time blocked out in my calendar that I can't touch, that I need to adhere to. Uh, and that really has allowed me to do that consistent daily action. Like I'm a big fan. I would rather do 10 minutes of work on my business every day than two hours, one day a week, right? There's something to be said from my perspective of just that consistent daily action. And so for me, putting it in the calendar, like literally so I can visualize it in my calendar on a daily basis, that's been the biggest uh, tool for me, you know, managing my time with with everything going on. That's a great advice because I do the same thing. I do a lot of calendar. I tell my wife, just do a family calendar. If we go somewhere, let's book it so that we allocate time, even for myself or for my family or for my business. So that's very that's good advice. Always use your calendar as a tool where you can block time either for yourself or for your family or for your business. So you're locked in and you know that that's a set time. So you can allocate time to, to time management. So you can do you can maximize your your productivity. And also, he's what he, a key thing he's saying, yeah, consistency. So try to do consistently almost you know, on a, on a, on a consistent basis so that you can achieve the results. Cause if you do like once off one here and there, you won't be consistent and you lose momentum. You lose that kind of traction. That's very good, John. I like that. That's really good. That's how you, that's how you're able to balance your very busy sales job. Right. Uh, and, and also your, your multifamily syndication business and your, your time with your, your, your family, your wife and your family. So, okay, great, John, how people reach out to you want to connect with you. Yeah, would love to connect with uh, anyone who's uh, curious to learn more. You can just reach out at John, J-O-H-N, at wildoakcapital.com. We'd love to talk to you. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.